and its opportunity for peaceful cooperation may never come again. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Ready? So we are going back for another prototype. With who? This is setting us back four years. We can't land on the moon. We aren't touching down for five years. Do you understand what this means? NASA can't do it. They can't land man and come back. We can make a film that shows us going to the moon without actually doing it. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And we have a another episode for you guys this week. This film is one that I've been wanting to talk about for probably close to a year now. Ever since I had first seen it, I, this is something that's been on the list for a while, but, you know, with scheduling and, and restructuring and rebranding of the show, uh, I didn't know when we could quite talk about this, but I think now is that time. So the film we're going to be talking about today is Operation Avalanche. So Brian, what uh, what do you have to say about this film before you know? Not so much about first impressions or anything, but when I threw this film your way, did you know anything about this? What what were your first impressions when you just at least heard about that we were going to watch this film? So I think the first thing that should be stated with this film is not so much the film itself, but more of the director and the creator of it, Matthew Johnson. Um, so we've had we've had. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before with the Dirties. That was a long time ago, but uh, I was very excited to first see this movie, but also then talk about it mainly because of Matt Johnson. I haven't seen this show, Nirvana no the Band, the show, but everything that he's put out and that we've discussed is just—I think he's incredible, and I really do appreciate his style. So I do, I, I, I am excited to like have like the second installment of him in the show because he, he definitely, especially when this film. He, I think he offers even more, um, he brings more to the table within this film, and it's great. And you mentioned the Dirties, and that's how I kind of heard about this film. And, and like you mentioned, we talked about the Dirties way back when, probably, I think it was like, what, like 2016 or so. I think it was like one of the first couple we've talked about. Yeah, exactly. And And I think I heard about this film because I wanted to know what Matt Johnson had done outside of the dirties and then i was like operation avalanche and i looked up the trailers like oh this sounds pretty interesting but at that time i didn't know where to watch it it was i don't think it was available on amazon or any streaming and and i just you know kind of put on the backside and then eventually one day i was like oh look it's available on amazon prime i'm gonna watch this movie and then i watched it and said yep we are gonna talk about this movie but before we get into that let's uh, let's kind of refresh about matt johnson and Let's let's briefly touch upon the dirties and see if we can reiterate some of those points because I think the the dirties was that really that that starting point of uh, an introduction of what Matt Johnson is and who he is as a filmmaker and then Operation Avalanche really kind of takes it to the next level. So let's so Brian, what are some of the things you can remember about the dirties and and uh, any, any positive notes or any any comments about the dirties before we go into this? 
Um, I think mainly the things that stuck out were Matthew Johnson's affinity for film and cinema, um, but also at the same time, he's able to tell a very emotional-driven story that's very sympathetic. He, I think his characters are very strong in that they're like incredibly like they're weird people, and I just think they're caricatures of Johnson himself, and I think like maybe his most endearing qualities of a person but also like his deepest insecurities he like writes them into his at least as gauged by the, these first two movies i, I think that like he just he just writes himself and also owen into these films and and they're, they're they are like broad characterization brushstrokes of themselves but i think that's what he really brings it's like this like different layer of like personality and um like passion especially within like there's always a film angle around this like appreciation you know with the dirties the whole everything was about a homage to film and and like adapting it and within this it's like the kubrick connection and also the fact that like they're the ones who are gonna fake the moon landing through like they're gonna make the movie like the one of the most important movies ever made if that and and i think a big thing about Johnson is just the personality and energy that his that he himself can bring to his films, but also the energy and passion and that his films irradiate to its audiences. Like every, I've never been bored by Matt. Well, of the two that I've seen, and and from the bits of Nirvana, the band, the show, from what I've seen, it just seems to always have this very kinetic and autorish if that's a word uh, energy that i think i just always associate with matt johnson and specifically the dirties it definitely captured my attention in storytelling its use of low budget filmmaking with with a uh, steady cam or found footage but really going towards the uh the school shooting i don't want to sell call genre but that that politicized issue and because there have been films about you know school shootings before most notably that comes to my mind elephant gus van sant and they're both very different films that have very different messages but they both have that common theme of a very um intimate connection with the with the shooters themselves and i i think that johnson was much more successful with the dirties and getting that message across and I and I thoroughly enjoyed the dirties. I mean, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode, feel free. And because I think we had a lot of positives to say about that, uh, about the film, Matt Johnson, and and just him as as a filmmaker. So with that being said, that kind of leads into Operation Avalanche. So Brian, I want to ask you, what was your first impression of this film? And what were your preconceived notions going in? What did you think the film was going to be about? And as you were watching it, what were your impressions as you went through it? Um, why well, I'd seen the film a while ago. I want to say like maybe like it came out in 2016, so at least like two years ago. Um, when I just kind of I was very excited because we just had seen the I remember seeing the Dirties before. And then I was like, well, what else has this guy made? And then I saw Operation Avalanche, and I think we rented it. It wasn't even on Amazon Prime or any streaming service at that point, so we, we did rent it. And I was very excited because I, I just wanted to see more what this guy could do, and I watched the trailer, and it seemed like it was like more, not more of the same, but th there's like a consistency going on here where it's like a found footage, we're going to do... Uh, I guess a movie related thing except it's even cooler where it's like we're gonna fake the moon landing and it's like it, it looks like it's just the dirties but on like such a much larger and like professional scale 
because there's definitely that there's definitely that amateur indie feel with both of these films, but more amateurish for the dirties. Whereas this, you feel like he actually had some money with this one, and he could and he had a little more leg room to like be more creative, and that's definitely something that we see in this film. But um, no, going into it, I was very excited. Just like I, I was ready to see what else Matt Johnson could give us, and just see if he's a one-trick pony or not, and I think he's not. Yeah, and, and going to the film, just the whole idea of the moon landing and, and faking the moon landing. Like you said, making the film, like one of the most, well, like in the context of this film, like the most historically important film ever, which is great because, I mean, Matt Johnson, but also, you know, with the Kubrick connection and, and how, and, and it's, and I, the moment I saw like, oh, it's going to fake the moon landing, I was like, okay, how's the conspiracies going to fi- file into this? How is Matt Johnson going to write these conspiracies? And how, what is he going to add to this? And so going in, I thought it was just going to be about the conspiracy, not really so much about the filming, but there's so much dedicated to like the actual techniques and filming that it kind of feels like, uh, like a pseudo like film historian perspective about how you know Kubrick faked the or how Kubrick would fake uh, space in, in in a space odyssey, and so going into this, yeah like like what you said I was super excited to see what more this guy could bring and as I was watching it I was super into it just on a technical level I thought there's there's so much going on I mean we start off the film with and I guess we're gonna start going into the film now. You know, we start the film off with, you know, black and white, very low-res, basic, uh, was it like 16 millimeter, and then as they progress, they get colorized, they use higher-grade cameras and sound quality, and I, I, and, and they also, I was, I've, I've watched a lot of interviews about Matt Johnson discussing this film, and so they were heavily in or they were watching lots and lots of 60s documentaries so they were trying to find both the style and the aesthetic but also really fit that narrative that this was an authentic 1960s documentary and and there's going to be lots of things that blew my mind which I'll bring up later on but just kind of beginning with the film it really captured my attention it also yeah this film I think had a budget of just over a million dollars and I think it it's it's uh, you can really feel that, especially when compared to the dirties, higher budget, lots of ambition that they're going for. Especially when you look behind the scenes, you could definitely tell they really utilized their funds really well. They took full advantage of the million dollars, and yeah, I was just super into this movie from start to finish. I mean, I have some nitpicks which we'll get into, but yeah, first impression is I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, should we just keep getting, keep going and get into it? Yeah, exactly. So let's. I I kind of want to talk about the uh, the plot last. So let's talk about the the characters. Like, let's focus on Matt Johnson and Owen Williams because they're obvious. So, so I when I was watching this, I took this as, like you mentioned when we we're discussing Matt Johnson, like he's able to write himself and Owen Williams into. Uh, into these films so I and as I was watching this especially right off of the dirties I was like okay this is like the reincarnates of Matt and Owen from the dirties like they're the exact same characters just put in a different time period Mm -hmm. Uh, which I thought was you know was was interesting and fun but uh, I Matt Johnson obviously is the star of the show I thought Owen Williams was honestly he didn't 
he was much better in the dirties in my opinion i didn't really think he did a whole lot more in this movie i thought he was more one note here he he just played the paranoid uh because you, so we all we opened the film with oh nasa or the or the cia uh they they recruited uh top film students from all these ivy league schools because they all had one thing in common i think it was like passion and throughout the film owen doesn't have any passion to me it's all matt Matt Johnson has the passion, whereas Owen Williams was just kind of... I felt like he was just there along with the ride. He just wanted to play by the rules, and he just was kind of there as the paranoid character, that the, the conspiracy character, always questioning, like, oh, we're being followed. This isn't good. This isn't good. Like, you're lying to me. He's just being dragged along. So, I don't know. What did you think about uh, the portrayal by Matt Johnson and Owen Williams? Yeah, no, it's definitely... They, I think they. I think Owen had def, had more... This had something more to do in the dirties, but also just had like he was. I think the main emotional drive to Matt Johnson, Matt Johnson's character's evolution throughout the dirties, um, and I think that that dynamic was just like perfectly illustrating like the the wildly different paths that these characters would ultimately go down, and all and also the the final ending scene. It just like it sets it up so perfectly. Whereas this, Owen, I don't. Yeah, no, I do agree with you though that. Um, I feel like they are just like the 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 same characters incarnated into a different time period, which actually I feel like would be a really cool thing if Matt Johnson like maybe even like made a trilogy of this of these of like Matt and Owen trilogy or something, whereas like you just take these same characters and just put them in like a different scenario because I do like their dynamic and it, that's definitely you can tell that they're they have to be friends in real life because their chemistry is just too too real. You can tell that they're like genuinely friends. Um, but no, I I didn't really like Owen's character in this film as much as I did in um the dirties. But Matt Johnson's character is the same same exact guy, like this really like kind of like he's not an idiot because he's smart, but the kind of like oblivious to like the wrongs that he does is all just for like a greater purpose with AKA making a film, and he's kind of like pushy but like goofy and funny, but also like really talented and and intelligent so yeah and and passionate's that big word like he's always trying to push that envelope which i think that like like this is matt johnson in reality too he's always trying to push that envelope he's he just you could tell he loves film and i like i every time i think of this i i, I always think of matt johnson this film he's just always trying to you know, finagle his way into doing something like he he's very he's insistent and pushy about becoming part of the CIA, uh, like infiltrating NASA to try and find this Russian mole and then, you know, making up Operation Avalanche as a very ballsy maneuver to try and stay on the program, but also try and do something extremely important. And then, you know, sneaking onto the Kubrick set to try and find out how to actually make this work, traveling all over. And, yeah, and I just, like, another thing with Owen, he just seems like a stick in the mud throughout, the, like, the character of Owen is just, like, a, a Debbie Downer, the whole film. And I feel like it kind of starts when, um, like, so they're, they're, they're tapping the, the phones, and then Owen or the character of Owen is, you know, like, kind of, like, dirty talking with his wife at work, and then Matt is overhearing and recording it, and it's, like, at that point, it seems like there's, like, a riff in the friendship, but it happens so early into the film, but then it's, 
But then the rift keeps getting wider and wider because Matt continuous, continuously lies and leaves Owen in the dark and not really bringing him fully in there. And then there's scenes of him like, oh, like I figured out how Cooper can do this. And then, oh, well, I want to tell you, you're my friend. And, and I, I, I genuinely felt like it, it was like there is a there is some kind of like an emotional disconnect with the characters that Matt Johnson portrays and that they don't necessarily see the wrong in what they're doing or like oh just forgive me it's it was just a joke it's 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 like um Matt's character in the dirties oh it'll be funny it's all for a joke uh but i felt like here owen was more of just a stick in the mud and ultimately Obviously, this film's going to be spoiler-filled. I think that goes without saying with our... If anyone, long-time listeners, know. But at the end, spoiler alert, when uh, Owen, Owen's character is killed by the CIA, I feel no empathy f- or uh, really any emotion that he's dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like Owen really was... Uh, his character was written a, a little bit weaker than it was in the dirties, but Matt Johnson obviously was, he was out, of, he was like an 11 out of 10, like he was, he just kept going and going and going, and really gave this film that kinetic energy that I think it, it really needed, and, and also, uh, it just kept the audience engaged the whole time. Oh yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, and I also, I do want to say, I feel like the supporting roles for just the rest of the cast are also very uh, strong, you know, the cameramen actually have uh, characters in this film, like, they actually are interacting with the story, they're, they actually, they have names, I thought that was very creative, uh, introduction, like, there's no opening credits, but when they are put on the first operation, they, uh, they're making their ID cards, and, like, that's serving as the opening credits, like, Matt Johnson, director, uh, like, I think it was, like, Jared Rabb and Josh Bowles as the camera, like, camera operators, and it's, like, no, it and Owen stage. Williams. It yeah, I, I just think... who these people are. I think that was a really good, organic, and interesting way to just... But it's also, you know, people. an interesting way to, to act as the opening credits, which I just thought, would, you know, was just very innovative. But, yeah, so, the ca- like, the cameramen actually are interacting, they have lines, uh, it's not just this, uh, breaking the fourth wall with the audience, uh, there, you know... Uh, you know, you have James Ray as the director bracket. Uh, I forget um, the other CIA agent, uh, Webb, I think was his name. Either way, the other CIA uh, agent who's, you know, working with them and overseeing and actually partaking in one of the, uh, being one of the Apollo astronauts. Uh, everyone just seemed to, it, it, they just seemed to be actual actors and it just really helped the story progress forward so i definitely think the acting of aside from or the character of owen was just you know stepped up for this film mm-hmm. i think the professionalism really increased yeah absolutely and so that that now that speaking of professionalism and and the the budget of a million dollars i i want to start talking about the film technically because this is where i think the film absolutely shines yeah now i think i read somewhere that this was matt johnson's uh, senior thesis for his film school. I think he goes. He's a Canadian, so whatever. How do you get a million dollars f- for his film? Like, how do you get that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know That's the whole story, but I think it's obviously through. I mean, the Dirties picked up a lot of traction through the film circuit. I mean, Kevin Smith, he was you know was a big proponent. He loved the film. This was what the uh, Kevin Smith 
uh, film club or something like that. I know something. he went out and was really promoting this film. So I think Vice picked up the document, or as like Vice and Lionsgate, I think picked this film up to distribute it. So I think that's where the funding came from. Now, unfortunately, if I, I if I looked up the numbers correctly, this film only made like thirty five thousand dollars, which is a shame. But I I, I don't know how. You know the market return is. I I don't know if it was lim- it was most likely at not most likely it, it most definitely was a limited release. Probably made that through like the film, like the film festival circuit. So I don't really know, but I know this film. I I, I watched an interview that only some of the budget went towards because uh, I think the the dirties like ninety percent of the uh, the budget went towards the uh, licensing of the music. Whereas here it was probably. If I remember correctly, like 30%, and then the rest went to the set design and the like, this just the production design itself. Notably, the Kubrick section, which we'll get to. But I, th- I just th- and like probably getting like the Super 8 film, the 16 millimeter, because I, I think they shot this film digitally and then they transferred it to film. And I think I read somewhere that he actually was dragging the film on the floor to give it that aged and and dirty look that we see. And I just think that the attention to detail, it's, like, spot on throughout this whole film. Oh, yeah, no, totally. It's, they definitely got the feel right, and I think the, I think the, I think the most underappreciated aspect of this all, I think, is the, um, the set designs, and the clothing, and the fact that, like, he got, even, like, the little details of, he got, like, the 1960s cars and just put them in the background, and I'm sure they had, like, three cars, and they just kind of parked them everywhere, but, like, it's still, like, the little details like that, when you just frame the shot, and you even, like, something as innocuous as a car can really just, like, really set set the atmosphere and tone and really set you in there. I mean, also, just, like, the clothing, I'm assuming, is accurate. Um, the technology, all that, like, it did, like, Matt, Matthew Johnson definitely did his homework, and it, and it shows. Well, it's, it's funny, because I don't know why I just thought of this. Matt Johnson, I think, is one of the most important indie directors that young filmmakers should be uh, watching and also researching. Because I was reading interviews and watching interviews that this was a lot of this was shot like so super guerrilla style, just like Nirvana, the band, the show. They just kind of run and gun with a lot of things. It's um, and how much of a genius and, and risk taker Matt Johnson is. And it really blurs the line between his characters that he portrays and himself. So, for example, the NASA stuff, they actually went into NASA uh, under the guise of being documentary filmmakers. And they would just film people at random. And if they actually had an interview that they liked, they asked, oh, can you just change into these clothes? Like, we're just trying to make an authentic documentary. And so I think the guy who was talking about the photography about how like the uh like Arizona desert looks like the moon they actually that he was real like he didn't know that this was going to be for like this type of film other than a documentary or uh like with the Kubrick they actually went to the set like the studio that he filmed at but they were saying oh like you can't go off from the tour you have to follow us and they said well that's not going to work. So they, they signed in like as a documentary film crew, and they said, okay, wait here, and we're going to go get people. So then they got their badges, and they left, 
and they went to the sound stage and then they shot their uh their piece real quick like the introduction walking in in like 15 or 20 minutes and then they went back and did the tour so it's just this like running gun style of filmmaking going undercover taking extreme risks and it ultimately pays out in the end because i think that like for another example the scene when they're in mission control that was the actual mission control at nasa in houston and they just went in and filmed it and because they are independent filmmakers and they have a smaller budget and they got to get their shit done so they just did it and it's just that level is amazing and that they're able to get it done yeah no i totally agree with you that matthew johnson should is one of the most important indie filmmakers of like are of like this generation because like i would equate him to like the level of just like passion and knowledge of cinema is like a tarantino or kevin smith or or all those guys that came up in the 90s and it's a shame because like people like matt johnson are just not being put into the mainstream is like he's not exploding as like those guys were i think i I don't know why i guess because it's maybe an abundance of media nowadays but matt matthew johnson is definitely someone that should be appreciated and given more things to make because yeah it just was yeah he is a risk taker and i didn't know like i i kind of assumed that he would do that but it's funny because that character like he he like he he knows himself so well that like his characters that he writes of for himself like it's kind of, it's like yeah it is like so meta that it's like he is just doing what his 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 caricature versions of of himself are doing in the film as well to make this movie like and it, like watching cool. and watching the behind the scenes he is just as energetic as his characters are so it's like even further blurring that line between fiction and reality so the two most technical aspects that i want to talk about are my two favorite scenes of the film uh, the Kubrick sneaking onto the Kubrick set and the car chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'll let you take that. Do you know anything about how any of the any of these two segments were filmed? Did, did you wait? I'm sorry. Did you just ask me? Do I know? Yes. Do you know um, how yeah, know these how segments they were filmed? The um, the Kubrick part, which is so cool, where they they took like still photos and they animated it. Like they 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 had like a template for animation, and they put like the still photos of Kubrick, and that's why it's like really quick. Um, but well, at least that's with like when he's on set, isn't it? With the with when he got asked for Matthew Johnson's or Matthew Johnson asked for his um, autograph, which honestly is awesome. Like someone like Matthew Johnson would think to do that and like have get a Kubrick autograph, but didn't they film a guy and then they just superimposed Kubrick's head over and took like some dialogue snippets of like mhm mhm yeah so essentially the whole segment of them sneaking onto the kubrick set which the context which i mentioned earlier i'm sure that's they where try all the sneak, money went too well they sneak onto the kubrick set to try and understand how kubrick is making his his movie make fake space look real so they're trying to make their their fake movie about real space look real so they're trying to steal the idea so it's it's a combination of you know like you said superimposing actors on there and you know digitally re like so what they had done with a lot of these they had this big giant soundstage with green screens and they actually built some part some parts of the set 
uh, so that he could interact with and walk on, but they had to look up, because the irony is that Kubrick, following the film of this, or the filming and completion of 2001, burned all the sets, got rid of excess um, uh, stock footage so no one could copy it, which is, you know, funny because Space Odyssey is one of the most parodied or copied space films of all time, especially with the techniques utilized, but so they found original prints of, you know, the soundstage, and uh, I think they mostly used, like, it was like the moon monolith and the Dawn of Man sequence, and they built certain areas that uh, Matt Johnson could interact with, and they took still f- photography, they put it into a, some, some like, you know, computer software, and they made this two-dimensional space 3D and, and able to interact. Now and it and it works because in this in the in the uh, since it's found footage you know the camera can move they have the conceit that it's that they're secretly filming this from inside a handbag so it's not the most clear images it's not you, you know it can fool the naked eye give the illusion of movement and so and then you know mixing it with with the actors and superimposing and that's where a lot of the budget in this in this. Uh, review i'll actually link the behind the scenes of the car chase and the uh the kubrick montage and they're like five minutes long but they're absolutely fascinating to watch so the kubrick scene when i first watched this is exactly probably what matthew johnson wants movie fans to or movie buffs and cinephiles to really appreciate is just because to me this is the wonder of digital filmmaking and just filmmaking in general is like how did he do that and I, I thought it was that was one of the most excellent uh, and well done moments of the like montages of the whole film. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And so, and then we'll move into my next favorite, the car chase scene, which I which don't was, know how they did. So. Well, and that's another thing with these behind the scenes is that this was another guerrilla style filmmaking. So the cars that they rented, they were saying. Yeah, Matt Johnson can't operate these. You can't, you know, you can't drive them like past 30 miles an hour. You can't drive them on city roads. You can't do this. You can't do that. And Matt Johnson was like, well, then we'll just film it in a field at night when no one can see us, like away from everyone else. And so, and then they, so once they were like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just do it when they, we just won't tell them and we'll be extra careful. They, um, they they tried to figure out how to have the camera operator be safe and film the whole thing in one take. So, and I'm sure they didn't film it in one take, but they had to really block out each segment. So they ended up having this, you know, specific seatbelt jerry rig that they just impromptu made in the back of the car so the cameraman can be safe but also not be sliding around the back seat. And Matt Johnson, you know, just did the scene himself. And they didn't get so much into the blocking and how they were going to do it, but, you know, it's, I forget, in an interview, he said specifically how many, it's it's in the hundreds, hundreds of uh, special effects that were in that sequence, so, like, with the, the firing of the gun, it's a mix of having digital uh, bullet holes in the windows, but then they actually broke a window to simulate, you know, them actually shooting the car, the it's just the details and it's just the high octane chase 
And what's great, since it's found footage, the audience actually feels like they're in the midst of this action, experiencing it with the characters, experiencing the fear as Matt Johnson is just, you know, driving this manual car, shifting it from gear to gear on this, you know, magic hour uh, back, back, um, back farm. And I thought it was, this was my favorite segment of the whole film. No, yeah, no, that was definitely, yeah, it was, I remember that was like something you would talk about, like, oh, like this scene is awesome and I didn't really know what you meant until I saw it and it's just one of those things where yay right it's just it it, do, it doesn't do justice just explaining it just honest I'm glad well if you're listening to this hopefully you you're you've seen and you know what we're talking about that'll that'll only do it justice yeah exactly so I just think overall the technical style of this film is absolutely incredible and I actually listened to a few reviews of this and they thought you know a lot of reviewers seem to be pretty split on this, like mixed reviews, which I don't understand where that's coming from. A lot of people were saying that it's not as compelling as the dirties, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I mean, I think they're they're trying to do two different things. I think that this is definitely more of a it's a conspiracy film, but it's more it's it's Matt Johnson saying like I can make s- some damn good pieces of film that are entertaining to watch. Uh, whereas at Dirties, I feel like it's very limited budget, so I'm going to really heavily focus on that story. So, uh, with that being said, let's I want to let's get into the story right now. Brian, what what is being the writer yourself? What was your take on this conspiracy story of faking the moon landing? Um, oh, wait, what do you mean as like a writer myself? Well, just like you know, you how you craft stories and and because I, I feel like I look at stories in a more I don't want to say superficial, but I feel like you can understand the crafting of a narrative on a different level than I can. So I'm just well, I'm just very curious that, to see what. But, well, either way, I'm just very curious to see what your reaction to the overall plot and narrative structure of the story was. I mean, I thought it was awesome, and it's and it's that's the thing that I love about Matt Johnson is that he can tell like a pretty cool story, and like I guess it's like a different kind of like twist. That like yeah like yeah yeah we could tell a movie about faking the moon landing but he's just like no like I'm going to do it like it's not Kubrick it's not anyone else it's gonna be me and it's like this this bare bones like even like in his own way like a gorilla style like well at least initially because then they get like the whole set and everything but like of 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 making the greatest movie most important movie of all time and I just think it's like it's really cool just like to have that idea and I think. It, you definitely need like a a, a degree of confidence because it it's him it's himself like it's it's effectively him as a writer saying like I could do this and it it does take like a it does take a degree of like personality but also just like balls just to say like I can do something like this and just write yourself into like I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the I'm gonna fake the moon landing like me myself I'm gonna fake the moon landing and I just think as as, as a story it's just like really interesting and, and a really cool concept that is different like oh I'm in the FBI I'm gonna make a documentary of like what well, wait wow sh- crap what was it before like it was it wasn't even like originally they were gonna fake the moon landing they were to get a spy and then yeah, he was like, trying to figure out he was trying to figure out who the mole was, like the Russian mole that was leaking information. But then it to... evolves into they can't, like they can't land on the moon. Hey, we can do it ourselves. And it was like his idea, and it wasn't like it wasn't the FBI or the CIA's idea. It was Matt Johnson's idea to fake the moon landing. And I just I find that like a really funny and cool concept as a writer. 
Yeah, exactly. And and I, the one thing that I do have to say, I mean, I'm super into the plot. I love the whole filmmaking aspect. Like, yes, it's it's Matt Johnson's idea. We can do this. Uh, I I I liked how there was tension at the end. Like, uh, if Matt Johnson's film did not work and did not uh, fool the public, the <laughs> the contingency plan was to blow the Apollo 11 spaceship when it was ret- like in orbit and blame it on the Russians, which I think is just uh, an interesting, you know. It's it's that conspiracy story aspect from, you know, the Cold War era that we just got to blame the Russians on anything. But I have to say the conspiracy aspect of this film uh, kind of falls a little bit flat for me, especially towards the end when, you know, the Russians are after them, the CIA is after them. Uh, I didn't, it's not that I didn't fully understand it. I just wasn't buying it a lot. I just thought it was kind of forced narrative tension. Uh, I was I was completely compelled with them just you know the trials and tribulations of them creating this fake moon landing and just with you could have that idea of oh pro, uh, Operation Northwind I think it was or Northwood mm-hmm. when they had to blow the Apollo mission out if this film doesn't succeed like that had me but this whole thing about Russians tailgating them uh, people are after them that that didn't really work for me I don't know about you Brian wait which part worked. The, the the whole aspect of the government is going to blow the Apollo 11 mission out of the sky if the film doesn't work, that was fine with me. I thought that added, you know, it, the narrative tension, but what didn't work was the whole someone's following them. Uh, I mean, it's just something, it's just like, the, the, just to increase the stakes. Um, I mean, I think it worked. I think in the fact that it was just like this this other like pervading presence. So it's not only do you have, and I think that harkens back to like, the other spy movies like of, of like that genre and decade and also just like and he references Kubrick a lot especially Dr. Strangelove so there's always like that that idea of like the Russian spy spying on you the nuclear energy what ha- or whatever I think that, that that I think that's like its own like kind of like genre piece trying to like sneak its way in that I did that I didn't mind so Okay. I mean, yeah, a lot of this film works, but I, for some reason that conspiracy just didn't really work with me a whole lot. I just thought it was kind of added on there just for more added tension. But, I mean, some parts of it work, like that, because if that wasn't in there, then we wouldn't have had that amazing chase sequence at the end. Uh, but then I, I do love how this film ends with, I mean, Owen Owen's character being killed by, I guess, the CIA. He's, you know, he's. We get that very, very uh, unique and powerful image of, you know, returning to the the garage where Owen is always like kind of hanging out with, like, throughout the whole film. And then Matt opens the garage, and then you know his his friend is just hanging there. And I think that's, and it's from afar. And I think that's just a very interesting image and powerful image, and just how Matt Johnson plays it off, where he, you know, slowly closes the garage, and then he's about to go and knock on the door to tell the wife, but then he just decides last minute, nope, I'm just going to leave. And then, you know, calling the FBI or FBI CIA, calling them out on their shit, like I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna gum clean with this, doesn't matter. But then he walks out and sees all of the captive audience for his film. Kind of reminds me that that scene um, in Gamora when the dressmaker sees Angelie, Angelina Jolie wearing his dress. This, this, uh, this kind of prideful moment that they like this is their product, but that rec- or, like they're not getting recognized for it. It's just kind of like the artists taking pride in their work. 
yeah. then the film ends, and I and I kind of really like that. I mean, you get the segment of, oh, we'll give you your job back, and we'll do all this stuff for you if you just come back, which I was like, yeah, they're just going to kill you. Like, that's... Do you, like you're going to be that stupid. Oh, we'll give you your, your own department, your own film department. You've, you've shown us that you have the balls to do this. And I even think Matt Johnson's character is just like, yeah, okay. How stupid do you think I am? He even says that. How stupid do you think I am? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really, it's a strong way to end your movie. And I, and I, and I like it. Yeah, exactly. Especially just, you know, the powerful, powerful images of the moon landing and, and Matt Johnson really having that, that both prideful moment, but also moment of sorrow for everything that it had caused. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's a it's a great way to cap the film off. Yep, no, totally, I agree, and I can't wait to see another one. Hopefully, we get a conclusion to this Mano trilogy, but I I doubt it. But that'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. So Brian, let's get into our final thoughts and recommendations. So since I recommended the film, why don't you go first with your final thoughts and and final score? Right. So this this film is definitely holds a special place. I just think I, I haven't bought it yet, but I def it will it will be prominent in my collection. That that'll be that's already tipping my hands early, but I think and actually the whole review itself I think is but me and you have been saying we we hold we hold Matt Matt Johnson in, in pretty high regard here. Um so I definitely think this film has a lot to bring. I think yeah, every every indie filmmaker should watch this film and take notes and just Take take actually inspiration from this, and 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 Matt Johnson as an individual, and I just think that alone warrants a high recommendation. I think out uh, out of out of ten, I would definitely give it a. I don't know. I'd probably give it an eight eight out of ten. Maybe a cl- maybe an eight point five out of ten. It does have its flaws, and it's not like a perfect movie, but it's definitely interesting and incredibly well written the special effects alone are awesome just for how low budget this film is and you can really see that Matthew Johnson is is a passionate filmmaker and he really does know what he's doing and he, and he actually cares about what he's making and I know for me I have the what I recommended to my girlfriend as, uh, portion and I would I would I would I would have I would sit down and and, and have her watch like hey it's an hour and a half movie just sit back, just have fun, and just watch a guy who really loves movies make a movie. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I completely agree 100% with everything you said. I just think the passion is – Matt Johnson should just – it's it's a shame that he's not as recognized as he is now. Hopefully that changes in the near future or just the future of film and cinema in general. Uh, I, I'm super excited to finally – see more from him hope and and like with his with his tv show on ifc want to watch more of that for more meta and and really self-referential stuff and and just funny content and just seeing more of him and his writing style and his filmmaking for operation avalanche yeah this is such a technically well-made film or technically interesting and visually interesting film the the love is in the details everything is there Matt Matt Johnson's personality and directing style, another strong, strong um, creation by him. So I, I highly recommend this film. Although I, the, where the plot started to lose me a little bit with the conspiracy, uh, that's and Owen Williams is kind of la- not only say lack of performance, just the, the the development of his character or lack thereof. 
or one note, uh, I'm going to give Operation Avalanche a 7.5 out of 10, but highly recommended. Definitely every young filmmaker or just aspiring filmmaker should check out Matt Johnson's work. Can't I, I would highly recommend Operation Avalanche. So yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. And with that, guys, that concludes this episode of Amateur All Tours. You can always follow us at Twitter at All Tours Pod or email us with any comments, questions, or concerns at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again for, for listening and supporting the show. And as always, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own site and Instagram, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme, Dreams, was created by Joachim Karid, which was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Joachim's and Sarah's work. They really deserve it. All content discussed and shown is the property of their respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We are working hard to bring you all new content and episodes. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.